It's the Points in the Paint NBA podcast with Sam House, Russell Peddle, and host Alan Goldshire. So, um, as a person concerned about his health, the last thing I would want to be is an NBA player on Russ Peddle's fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. Russ, if you drafted me, I'd probably stumble down a manhole or walk under a, a falling piano. What's what's going on out there, Manada? Oh, man. Yeah, I've got this one team, and it happens to be in my biggest buy-in league. But, uh, yeah, I'm uh, falling apart at the seams. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Pat Beverly, uh, whatever's happened to Nerland's Noel. Uh, <laughs> Paul Millsap. Let's not forget Paul, Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap. I'm getting. I'm getting there. Paul George has apparently got something. I don't even know what that is yet. Oh <laughs> man, yeah. So all of us out there in in podcast land, just be. You may be having a bad day, but be thankful you're not on Russ's fantasy team. Hey, I'm Alan Golcher, senior NBA analyst for FanDuel, and welcome to Points in the Paint, an NBA podcast powered by NumberFire, in which advanced analytics and our NumberFire proprietary metrics will help you avoid falling pianos. While we're on the subject of getting hurt, let's talk about the sweet science boxing. Boxing superstar Miguel Cotto steps into the ring for the final time when he takes on Saddam Ali live Saturday, December 2nd at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific only on HBO. And now it's time to say what up to my partners in basketball crime. Number five projections are Sam House and our Manada in Canada, the aforementioned number five head NBA writer, Russell Peddle. Any more good words, Russell? Uh, no, just more whining about my fantasy team so we can cut Sam. <laughs> uh, hey, this just into the points in the paint newsroom. In the NBA, injuries are bad. More about that coming up. But we're going to start out the show today with a little segment we like to call Up and Down. Russ is going to tell you whose fantasy basketball stock is up and whose is down. And Sam, the Brick House, will support or refute Russ's findings using our favorite, our favorite number five proprietary metric, Nerd. The brick breaks down nerd better than anybody, so bring the funk, Sam. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, and and Russ, when we get to uh, plus minus a little later, just just tell us who's on your your squad so we can <laughs> minus all. Of them, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but anyway, uh, when, when we're talking about nerd, we're talking about uh, from a player perspective at least, because that's the the type of nerd that affect directly affects fantasy impact the the most uh it's a player uh ranking that measures the total contribution of a player throughout the course of a season based on their efficiency zero represents the league average and it gives an estimate of how many games above or below 500 a league average team would be with that player as one of their starters and the rest all league average players thank you thank you thank you sam hey uh so up and down the first buy of the day would be Miles Turner. Now we've been loving Miles Turner since day one uh, of, of points in the paint. We started talking about this season. Why do you think, uh, Russell, that people will be able to buy him now? Well, as you mentioned, Alan, uh, off the top there, we had Turner as a breakout this year. Uh, we, he's been one of those guys. We talk about the points in the paint type players. He's one that we've really touted a lot. Uh, we figured, you know, first year out of Paul George's shadow, he would uh, he would be a big uh, breakout, but he hasn't quite been that yet. Um, and I think that's mostly because the other Pacers, like Victor Oladipo, Darren Collison, Thaddeus Young, Boan Bogdanovich, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, have all been the best versions of themselves, basically. So while Turner has dealt, he dealt with a concussion earlier in this year, that cost him seven games. And he's basically just putting up the same numbers as he was next to George. And we figured in a sophomore year, you know, George out of the way, he'd be, he'd be doing more. And he's simply not yet. He's still a top 40 player, uh, but we were kind of gunning, thinking he would be more of a top 15-ish guy. Mm-hmm. Um but the thing is, he has a dip in his shooting numbers. 
he's shooting 48% from the field instead of 51 last year. Shooting 77 from the free throw line instead of 81. Um, we should see some positive regression there. Uh, and there's still plenty of time for him to get more aggressive and really have the breakout we've been waiting for. Um, it's important to note that uh, number five, we at number five project him to be the 12th ranked player rest of season in fantasy. Ooh. So uh, we're gonna let's today let's double down on the breakout potential and buy low on him after a week in which he ranked outside the top 100. What uh, what player would you Russell offer for a Miles Turner? What name player would you feel like Ooh. would be a fair trade? Good question. If I can move guys like, and I'm going to talk about them a little later, but if I have a couple guys like underperforming guys that I can combine in a package, like if I if I had like Brooke Lopez and Serge Ibaka, and I could put them both together and make it seem like that's going to be a a big package, and I get Miles Turner back for that, I'd be very very happy. A block that, Ibaka that, plus one is perfect. That would yeah. be yeah. That's 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 not an unfair trade. Um, now Sam, staying on brand with Miles Turner, I know that you are going to be extolling his multitude of virtues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at what he's done this year, he hasn't really gotten his legs back under him since he he was out for his concussion. In the -hmm. the first game before his concussion, he was a monster. And uh, then he missed seven games and never really got back into sync with the rest of the squad. And Oladipo and and these guys have been so good that we really haven't seen him – been able to turn that page and and he's still giving you elite peripherals mind you he's got two two and a half blocks per game and only 1.3 turnovers per game um and if he starts to score he really does have top 10 upside um especially considering his defensive prowess um i'm a huge fan and and yeah number 12 is actually where we had him ranked preseason and the algorithm still expects him to to main to to bounce back to that level of production so Looking at uh, some some real serious positive uh, positive regression candidate here. One little caveat is uh, concussions are no joke. Uh, it could impact his his entire body for the rest of the season. Look at Sidney Crosby. You know, look at how long it took him to fight through his concussions. I so saw that movie keep, with Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, we all did. Good movie. Uh, so keep. Yeah, it was. Keep that in mind, though, when, when you are buying Miles Turner, that there is a chance what you see is what you're going to get. Um, another guy, Russell, that you like is Alfred Payton. I like him, too, because I got him on one of my fantasy teams. Yeah, especially if you have a, uh, you're have you in a league that counts uh, cool hairdos as a category. Um, mm-hmm. Payton was really awesome last year after the All-Star break. Uh, he was about a top 60 player uh, over the last couple months of the season. Lots of points, rebounds, assists, steals, solid percentages, low turnovers. It's kind of like what we used to get from Rajon Rondo. More on him a little later. Um, mm, but unfortunately. Through, used yeah, to. But, used to, exactly. <laughs> keyword here. Uh, but through 11 games this year, he hasn't. Uh, Peyton hasn't really been living up to that. Uh, he's been nursing a hamstring injury, and that cost him nine games. Uh, he's averaging 25 minutes uh, under instead of 30. He's uh, under 10 points. He's only shooting 43% from the line, which is, you know, horrible. Um, <laughs> but lately, he's been getting closer to 30 minutes a game again. Uh, the popcorn stats are coming back up with that extra time. Lots of rebounds and assists and points, like, you know, threatening a triple-double every, just basically every night. Uh, the free throw percentage is still gross, uh, which is probably going to help you in the buy-low attempt. Um, but I mean, dude shot nearly 70% from the line last year. I mean, we should see some positive regression there. So before his percentages normalize and, and he really gets back to 30 minutes consistently and, and puts up those big numbers, uh, I think now is a good time to buy low on him because you're seeing the trend move up, but it's not all the way there yet. 
Uh, random Alfred Payton aside before I toss it over to Sam to discuss them. Uh, so one of my tasks as number f- at number fire, as I've mentioned before, is editing articles and finding artwork to go with the articles. So uh, Alfred Payton's hair, the aforementioned haircut, at this point is so large that it is impossible, and I'm not exaggerating, to properly center the photo without <laughs> cutting out his hair. Just saying. I noticed that on my article today, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Oh, which was an excellent article. Thank uh, you. Make sure you check out every Monday, a dozen dimes, Russell Peddle's good work on numberfire.com. Uh, Sam, your thoughts on the hairdo, Alfred Payton? Yeah, thoughts on double a dozen dimes first. Uh, it's the best NBA fantasy article oh. weekly on the web. And Boom. as I've said before, I uh, break into the uh, to the admin <laughs> module just to read it before it drops so I could get a jump on people. So. Uh, I know you guys can't do that, but read it on the site. Uh, Elf, Elf Payton, you know, Elf is one of those guys that Russ and I, we have this discussion a lot. I agree now is the time to buy Elf, but you need to do it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 coming, his, he's coming off a career best nerd season, but, but his, it was 0.5, negative 0.5 season. And, and right now it's dipped down to negative 1.8, so, so – I'm under the assumption that positive regression is coming, especially in the aforementioned percentages that Russ discussed, particularly the free throws that, I mean, should at least bounce back to his career average of 60%, which still isn't great, which is part of the reason why I say do it with a grain of salt. But those popcorn stats are going to come back. The the percentages are going to come back. Uh, don't, don't go crazy offering uh, some ridiculous value, but if you can get a good deal on him, I'm all about buying uh, a guy like this with big upside, although his floor is a bit lower than than a guy like uh, Miles Turner or the next guy we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, w- one thing about Elf that's intriguing to me is that Orlando's gone in a major tailspin since their great start, and I think they're going to be leaning on him a little bit. They're, as he gets fully healthy, they're going to increase his minutes, and oh. you know those the good stats will get better, and you know the shooting percentage. Can't get much worse. Uh, so our next buy candidate is former Chicago Bull. Yeah, that's right. Former Chicago Bull for a minute, Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> um, Nurkic was a top 50 player after the All-Star break last year, so uh, after he was traded to Portland. Um, so people were drafting <laughs> him. Yeah, so people were drafting him basically in that range this year, hoping for more of the same. But uh, so far this year, he's been actually outside the top 200 in nine-category leagues. Um He's basically doing a little less of everything. Uh, he's hitting 5% worse from the field, 3% worse from the line. Um, but his line from the last week or so has looked more like the second half Nurkic we saw last year. So um, the only problem really is that his free throw percentage is still under 50% and the turnovers are up around 3 So that's keeping his value down still in the 200s. But the point is the stats are kind of coming back that we bought into uh, in drafts this year. Um so if you can take the hit in the free throw percentage or the turnovers, uh, Nurkic is still a guy that could stuff the stat sheet absolutely full of points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, while normally hitting over 50% from the field. So I'm trying to buy him while he's still at this low point, while that little, you know, that that uh, number is next to his name that's over 200. Um, owners are probably pretty fed up with seeing that, you know, the occasional duds he's been putting up. But uh, things are turning around, and uh, he does come with his, his weak points. But uh, I'm still seeing if I can acquire him while he's uh, while he can be had for a little less than usual. Your thoughts on the Nurk, Sam? Yeah, I'm really into Nurk. What's a little concerning about Nurk's current situation, though, is that we've actually seen his usage rate increase by more than 4% this season compared to where it was at, uh, at last season post trade to Portland, 
Uh, well, hmm. his rebound percentage, assist percentage, block percentage, steal percentage, and shooting percentages have all dropped, uh, and he's he's plummeted to an embarrassing 92 offensive rating. So he's been playing pretty poorly. But w- when you look at the fact that literally every stat across the board is is lower than it was last year, but his de- he's still playing excellent defense. We see his defensive rating below 100. We expect his shooting percentages to come back, uh, regress back to the mean. And if his usage rate still stays above where it was last year, and his defensive, uh, you know, his blocks and rebounds bounce back, I-, I think a lot of it is 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 a little bit of bad luck right now. Where he's not getting the blocks and the steals and the rebounds. Uh, some of it, and maybe the ball's just not bouncing his way because. The efficiency, the, the the ratings seem to think that he's playing just as well on the defensive end as he ever has. So I think this is truly the lowest, lowest point you're going to get uh, on Nurkic this season. And, and I think this is the perfect time to buy it. And I'm, I'm more about buying Nurkic than anyone else we've talked about so far at, at current value, of, of course. I mean, I'm more into Miles Turner, but you're going to have to give up more to get him. <laughs> Um, another thing to consider when in, in trying to get Nurkic, uh, and this is a plus, Alfred Camino is going to be back eventually, and he's going to mm. that'll maybe open things up for him a little bit. Solid Aminu, point out. Yeah, uh, Aminu requires you know you got to pay attention to him. Um, and now let's talk about the the more handsome Lopez brother, Brooke Lopez, who Russell is not feeling. Yeah, I've always been a big Brook Lopez fan, in fact, but he's because he's been a mid to early round guy his entire career. People have kind of overlooked him uh, playing in Brooklyn, but uh, I mean, he was also top 30 in four of the last five years, and I mean, that's even in the Brooklyn downturn, so he's been a really good fantasy asset. But this season... He was an all-star, too, don't forget. Yeah, absolutely. And this season, though, he's uh, he's sitting outside the top 60 currently, and that's largely because his minutes are down. His minutes have dropped about six from 30 to 24 his usage is down from about 30% last year to about 25% this year. Um, he's hit only hit 30 minutes once in his last nine or 10 games. Um, and he's bottomed out these last few, few games with very low scoring efforts, getting like four points a game. Um, he's simply not going to be a focal point in LA this year with all the young guys that they have and they're trying to develop. Uh, and, you know, they got another year. They kind of got to be in the tank. So, And he's probably a trade candidate. Uh, near the deadline with his expiring contract. It's big, but uh, it's not like it's not movable. Um, this is certainly a point where you'd be selling low on Lopez, but, I mean, you could still wait till he strings together a couple 20- or 30-point games um, and then maybe look to get rid of him then because um, I'm just I'm, I'm not feeling this situation in L.A. right now. He still gets a fair number of blocks, so maybe I'd try to sell him as a, as a block specialist to someone who's desperately in need of swats, but... Uh, I, I'm trying to move on from him where I can, if I can get anything close to the value of you know around where I would have drafted him in the, you know, in the in the forty to fifty range. Uh, another thing to consider is that the Lakers are bottom five as a team in offensive efficiency, uh, so that's going to hurt his uh, his value. Correct, Sam? A hundred percent. Great point, Alan. Uh, you're you're on you're on point with I'm on these, fire, y'all. With these points in the paint. Uh, <laughs> the other the other thing it's that the name um, of the show. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the other thing that uh, Russ didn't mention is that Larry Nance is coming back from injury, uh, and yeah, Tyler Kuzma has been playing great. Uh, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't ride these two young guys who who have a lot of upside. And uh, Lopez is is not going to be seeing big minutes for a team that is uh, looking at the lottery once again. So Yeah, they're getting uh, Randall uh, Ra- they're getting Julius Randall out of his minutes at backup center too, which is is going to mm-hmm. cut into his time. Yeah, it it's just not the the minutes just aren't there for the guy and 
I, I, I'm Russ said you can wait until he strings together a couple 20, 30 point games, but I don't think they're coming. I think, uh, the, the window to sell him is, is now or, or you already missed it. Yeah, I think in a, a, from a reality perspective, Lopez is actually the kind of guy who a, a team that could use some a little a little oomph off the bench would want to pick up at the deadline and could really do well for themselves. I think he'd be a great bench option. Um, this one's going to hurt the Manit, I think. Sell Serge Ibaka. Is that right, Russ? Yeah, I love Serge Ibaka as, as like as someone who, as I've mentioned on the show before, uh, is also a Sonics slash I guess Thunder. Uh, fan from before I was a Raptors fan, so I got to love him as a as a member of the Thunder, and now I get to love him as a member of the Raptors. And I really liked the acquisition last year, but uh, this year just not doing it for me. Uh, I've always been a big fan of his fantasy too. He's always been a mid to early round player. Uh, he was that for seven consecutive seasons, uh, but this year he's fallen outside the top one hundred. Um, I mean, there's still some stuff to like in his stat line. Fine, he's hitting threes, he's getting a few blocks, but uh, the minutes are down to twenty six. After mm. getting 30-plus for over five years, um, the biggest concern right now, like I said, is the blocks. Um, they went he, – he, he was getting 3.7 blocks in 2011 and 12, and that was, like, absolutely elite if you remember that. But yep. then 3.7 became – Exactly. Then 3.7 became 3, still led the league. But then 3 became 2.7, and then that became 2.4, and then that became 1.9, and then that became 1.6. And now this year he's down to 1.3. So that is what we call a trend. Yeah. So still, <laughs> still getting blocks. 1.3 blocks is good, but it's it's no longer elite. Um, the Raps have a the Raptors have a slew of interesting young big men. Your uh, Pascal Siakams, your your Jakob Pertles, and, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's Ibaka, like word salad right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it helps to cover the team that team uh so i get to learn how to, to pronounce a lot of those names og and anobi uh i can i can keep going anyway you're um, you're good man <laughs> so abaka is not likely uh going to get more minutes anytime soon uh so much like lopez this is a bit of a sell low moment admittedly but uh if you could still convince someone that he's an elite shot blocker i mean he did get 2.3 per game over the last week so you know he does get them in spurts but um I'd, I'd be looking to move him because I don't see his situation getting much better. His, his floor is getting a lot worse. His ceiling's getting a lot lower as well. So, Sam, do you have any defense of the uh, very handsome Mr. Ibaka? No, outside of his good looks, I don't have any anything to like about him for fantasy. And, and <laughs> Russ actually covered a bunch of the points I was gonna I was gonna make. Uh, his his minutes are below. Tw- yeah, yeah, sir. His minutes have dropped below twenty seven. <laughs> his use is down below twenty. Uh, all of his defensive stats, I mean, his his blocks most precipitously, but his steals and rebounds have also dipped in the same. And, and his nerd also decreased in the same trend every year since 2013. And his 0.4, uh, he's, his 0.4 that he's on pace for would be the lowest of his career. Wow. Yeah, so it looks like that Serge is not long for any of our fantasy teams. Uh, Russell? Yes. Are you ready to oh, sing? Crap. Okay. It's time for <laughs> getting, getting nerdy, nerdy with Sam. Sam. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Each week, aside from annoying Sam with our vocalese, uh, Sam's going to give us some interesting nerd-centric NBA factoids, which will then kick around for a few minutes. Um, and as is usually the case, Sam gave me a. Sk- 
scant amount of information about what we'll talk be talking about today. But I really liked his uh, his his pitch, his elevator pitch, which was discussing fantasy and reality MVP candidates. Uh, your first guy you wanted to talk about, Sam, was James Harden. Yeah, so uh, before we get into Harden, I, I, I want to set set the stage a little bit. So I, I want to cover four specific players that rank both uh, in the top five in, in nerd and number five efficiency rating. And, and number five efficiency rating, uh, just to give you a, a quick overview, it's it's very it's similar. It's a similar metric to nerd, and as it, it's an efficiency stat, of course, it's in the name. Uh, but more specifically, it's an estimate of uh, of the the point differential that a league average team would have with that player of one of their starters rather than how many wins above or below 500. Uh, so it combines both offensive and defensive production on a, a per possession basis. And that's the main factor. And the main factors include uh, usage rate, offensive rating, defensive rating, similar, similar to that of nerd. Um, so we're looking at guys who uh, are above a four in nerd so far this season, which has them on pace for, uh, essentially a, a 16 or above nerd for the season if you're looking at around 20 games or uh, and above a five number fire efficiency rating um, and and the guys that we're talking about also happen to rank inside of the top 10 in our own uh, fantasy rating metric which uh, it's important to note isn't necessarily where they rank in nine or eight catch scoring now but it also factors in things like pos- uh, positional value and scarcity so uh, if it seems a little different than uh, what you're seeing on your nine cat rankings, that's why. Um, so the four guys, the the first guy we want to talk about is James Harden, as Alan mentioned, and and he's the league leader in nerd at five point eight, and also the league leader in number fire efficiency rating at six point six. And with Chris Beast. Paul, with Chris Paul missing the first fourteen games of the season, Harden started scorching hot. He, his his usage rate was uh, sky high, thirty six point two percent, which still leads the league, and uh, also he still leads the league in scoring and assists per game, um, along with win shares and box score and nerd and number five efficiency rating. He's been pretty damn good. Um, with Paul back in the lineup, many are expecting a drop off in value, but if you look at his on off splits with Chris Paul on the floor, it's very interesting because you see while playing alongside Paul, Harden's usage does drop by 4.2% and his assist percentage dropped significantly by more than 20%. However, his true shooting and effective shooting uh, percentages both increase and his turnover uh, rate drops substantially. So Harden is currently having the most efficient year of his career. And I think with Chris Paul coming back, it's only going to get better. And uh, he's the, the leader in the clubhouse right now. Uh, interesting and a little spoiler alert here. The one name that is not on this list uh, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, but Harden, numbers wise, has been kind of kind of has a step up on the Greek freak, right, Russ? Oh yeah, I mean he's he's really grading out so high in like all the best and my favorite uh, um, advanced metrics. I mean he's leading the league in win shares per forty eight minutes. He's leading mm. in total win shares. He's leading in. Uh, box plus minus uh, value over replacement player like you name an advanced stat and he's probably the leader in it so it's you know after two years of being the mvp runner-up always a bridesmaid perhaps this 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 year he's a bride yeah and his defense is not nearly as atrocious as it it Mm -hmm. has been throughout his career i once wrote an article about how good his defense was so i i I bring uh, it up a lot but 
Fair <laughs> enough, but if you're feeling like if you need a chuckle or two, just go to the YouTubes, do a search on James Harden defense. There are like a dozen compilations of him getting blown away. Um, but a guy who does not get blown away very often is the second guy on Sam's list. That's Anthony Davis, who has been balling out. Yeah, AD, the, the lone big man who made the cut um, when you're looking at uh, guys like Le- LeBron and Giannis who just barely missed. Uh, Giannis because he's he's a little too low in nerd and LeBron because his number five efficiency rating not quite as high. But uh, like Harden, we weren't quite sure how uh, Anthony Davis was going to mesh with his new running mate, Boogie Cousins. But again, like Harden, we see that although Davis has seen a bit of a drop in his pure volume. His efficiency has actually increased compared to last season. Wow. Uh, Despite taking four less shots a game and seeing his usage drop by nearly 6%, he's seen his true shooting percentage and effective uh, field goal rate skyrocket by 7%. Uh, His assist percentage has increased by more than 2%, and he's setting a career high in offensive rating right now. Uh, 13 points better than, than a season ago at 125, um, which is very, very good. He ranks second in nerd and is tied for second in number fire efficiency rating and uh, is actually the most valuable fantasy asset according to our uh, fantasy rating metric. Wow. Uh, Russell, I, I, I'm, not, I'm throwing this at you. You didn't know this is coming. Did you expect this? Uh, no, I didn't know if he would mesh quite so well with Boogie and at the – tail end of last season the first little sampling we got of it it was kind of like uh, i don't know and of course his health is always a concern but it's worth mentioning that he's having uh you know the second most efficient season of his career and when you're talking about how important that is the most efficient season of his career in which he had a 30.8 uh, player efficiency rating per uh that ranked as the 12th highest of all time Wow, uh, and he's Great he, stat. he's getting right back up there, and that, like the people ahead of him on that list, we're talking like LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, Wilt Chamberlain. So, like that's not nothing. Yeah, when you're when you're having a statistical discussion, and you you mention Wilt Chamberlain's name, you know you're doing something right. Um, Sam, here's a guy that is in a weird way kind of not the sexiest fantasy option it, not the first guy that comes to mind the russell westbrooks the james hardens are, are the ones that and the Giannis antetokounmpo's those are the guys that us fantasy geniuses think about we don't always think about stephen curry but the numbers say we really really should oh yeah you really 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 should uh <laughs> i mean he's been he's been outstanding for the last five years he's been a top five fantasy uh, he's been ranked in the top five in nine and eight catch scoring for each of the last five years. I mean, there's really no reason not to like him. I mean, he, he's pretty much uh, the, the, doing the same. He's putting up similar numbers as he did a, a season ago in a similar situation with Kevin Durant now on the squad. Um, and, and if you, other than his ridiculous 2015-16 unanimous MVP year, uh, which is a bit of an anomaly because he kind of uh, broke math, um, <laughs> he really has been, uh, you know, the third or fourth best fantasy asset uh, in in the league for each of the last five years, and, and first overall, of course, that MVP year. He hasn't been lower than a fourteen point six nerd or a four number fire efficiency rating since two thousand thirteen, and is currently wow. on pace for a nerd above twenty, uh, which and 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 is tied with. The affirmation Davis for second in the league in, in number fire efficiency rating that that year in, in 2015-16 just to put the efficiency rating in perspective uh, Harden leads the league at 6.6 right now uh, Curry that season was a 7.2 uh, 
Um, so he's Jeez. been he's been uh, pretty good, and, and there's no reason not to like him just as much as a top five asset. And, and he's actually second most valuable according to our uh, fantasy rating metric. I'm going to throw something else at you, Russell, because you feel these pretty well. Um, Kevin Durant has a, a little bit of lingering issues. Uh, he might be in and out of the lineup the rest of the season. We don't know. Uh, if he is hurt, if he doesn't play 65, if he only plays like 65 or 70 games, does Steph Curry become the uh, unanimous MVP Steph Curry again? I, I think the thing with the Warriors is having two players of that caliber, it's going to be really hard for one of them to win MVP like I, I definitely liked Kevin Durant's chances coming into this year but I I think just the it's too narrative driven of an award like we'll see that version of the player of, of Curry for sure um whenever um KD isn't around because that's that's basically what happened for him to to fall off from that but I mean at the same time like like Sam said like it's pretty amazing that he's doing now what he did in his first MVP season like he's pretty darn close to it in terms of his overall production so, um, I mean, even getting that is like this, it's funny to look at it as a consolation prize, but because it's, it's still pretty darn good. So, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's got a chance of winning MVP, but he's, he's definitely overlooked uh, to your point, uh, at the top of the, uh, the Curry segment there, uh, Alan, he, he is not a guy we think about first anymore because there are other like bigger, uh, names emerging, but he's just been so solid, as Sam mentioned, for the last few years that it's really uh, it's really amazing. We shouldn't overlook him. Yeah, he's been the uh, most reliable player in fantasy for the last five years, by far. Yeah, I'd say that too, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, another Stephen Curry, another check in his uh, positive column. Uh, masterclass, I don't know if you guys are hip to the Masterclass. His Masterclass is brilliant. If you want to learn how to, the guy is such an intellectual basketball player. Masterclass, Stephen Curry, check it out. Uh, the last guy on Sam's list is, I know that it was not one I had guessed. Uh, I'm just going to let Sam uh, reveal this uh, number four candidate here. Yeah, number four is actually Kyrie Irving, and and it, it is a never little, saw that coming. It is definitely a little weird to see him on this list and not see Giannis or or LeBron James on this list. Um, but his raw numbers aren't quite as good as the three above, who I think have been uh, far and away the the three best in in fantasy this this season and, and maybe in reality as well. Um, but. I wanted to include Kyrie in this conversation because, first of all, he did qualify as a player with a, a nerd above four and a number fire efficiency rating above five, uh, but also uh, because he's exceeded his expectations more so than any of the other players mentioned, um, which which makes him a candidate for the fantasy MVP, of, of course. Mm-hmm. But, sure. I mean, he came to Boston to be the lead dog and probably partly due to an unfortunate injury to Gordon Hayward, he has really been forced to own that role and, and has truly become the leader uh, of this team. And it's the team with the best record in the entire association. I mean, Irving has never finished a season with a double-digit nerd, uh, not yet at least. And, and playing with LeBron, he did get up to a 9.9, to be fair. Uh, but right now he's on pace to finish above an 18 nerd this season. And uh, he currently ranks inside the, the top five, and, and he's sixth in the league in number five efficiency rating actually ranking ahead of the uh, his former team, LeBron James. So uh, Kyrie has been excellent. He's been better than people expected, and uh, 
I he's from my hometown, so shout out to West Orange, New Jersey. <laughs> um, because I'm having so much fun, kind of loft, lofting these grenades at Russell. Um, here's a question for you: Sadistic. Would Kyrie be performing at this level if Gordon Hayward were still in the lineup? That's a good question. Um, I believe That's that why he I would. Threw it at you. <laughs> I believe that he would. I think the main beneficiaries from the, if you can call it that, I guess, from the Gordon Hayward injury uh, have been the, the, the young guys, Jalen uh, Brown and, and Jason Tatum, have, have gotten the chance to kind of, you know, baptism by fire. Um, so I'm sure that if Gordon Hayward were around, we'd be seeing less of them. But I think that Kyrie plays a role that's, you know, he's not a guy that gets a lot of assists and necessarily needs to do a lot of the... Uh, the ball handling in the system, like, you know, you can get a bit of that from Hayward. Hayward, I think Hayward would still have room to do some of that if he were around. So what were you be looking for with Kyrie? You'd probably just be getting more open shots. And so you'd be probably looking at more threes and more efficiency. So good stuff, guys. Really great segment. Uh, and now it's time for a little bit of plus minus where Russell will tell us who we must add or subtract from our fantasy hoops squads now all longtime fantasy sports players regardless of the sport have a nemesis my nemesis <laughs> is courtney freaking lee and we talked about this last week so perfect we talk, i was talking about courtney lee every he, week he did this just to annoy you i'm pretty sure <laughs> no, no, but the funny thing is is when you dropped that courtney lee was your nemesis last week i was like i, I had nearly left put him in then but it, it was much more relevant this week so i'm glad i waited but all right well convince me why should i take him off of my hit list okay all right listen to me dude's <laughs> 32 years old he's never been fantasy relevant not really nope Nope. Um, but he's having the best fantasy season of his career. He's a top sixty player, um, easily the best, <laughs> e- easily easily the best ranking of his career. Um, Wait, Sam, was that a cough or a laugh? Uh, it was a cough, but I was still. It was due to me laughing from before. <laughs> a calf, um, a laugh. Um, what's more, he's been at. <laughs> Um, See, this is what happens when you talk about Courtney Lee. The whole show goes off the rails. Uh, I'm over here laughing my lungs out. <laughs> anyway, um, over the last week, Courtney Lee has been a top 15 fantasy player. I'm sorry, Alan, he has been. Um, Gross. He, he's not a big-time scorer, but he's consistently giving his owners this year good threes, rebounds, assists, steals, low turnovers, solid percentages. He's hitting nearly 50% of his shots, uh, hitting over 90% from the line. Um, he's only owned in 50% on Yahoo, of Yahoo leagues, 20% on ESPN, really low on ESPN. Um, mm-hmm. And fact of the matter is he's probably better than whoever you have on the end of your bench. So people not owning him doesn't really make sense to me because he's just he's having a great year. Um, Sam, are we going to have to keep talking about Courtney Lee for the next few weeks or is he going to finally become Courtney Lee again? Well, we don't have to talk about him, but I think he's still going to be good. I mean, we've, we've seen <laughs> yeah. his usage go up, his, his offensive rating, his defensive rating, his points, his rebounds, assists. They've all increased over the last few weeks, and, and he looks great. And I always thought that he could – he had the potential to be this kind of player. He does a little bit of everything, and he's always been a, a solid NBA player, but he's never done yeah. anything special. And now he's kind of coming into his own a little bit. It just took him 32 years. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish I could come up with a really good comp off the top of my head. Say Courtney Lee is a poor man's blank, and then someone really bad. But I just didn't have it right now. Um, so I'm, I've mentioned this before on the show. I am a horrible college scout, but one guy I got right. I got John Collins right. He looks like he's turning out to be a thing. What do you think, Russ? Yeah, it, it helps. Of course, he's playing on a bottom feeding Atlanta Hawks team, but he's he's, look, he's looked really good. He's a top 100 player on the season. Organist in nine is still elite too in Atlanta, so they, they still got the best organist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. 
Shout out to Sir Foster. Um, but John Collins has also been a top 40 player over the last week and a half or so. So um, what's what's going on now that's really interesting is he's starting next to Dwayne Dedman because Luke Babbitt's been on the shelf uh, for the last few games uh, with a bad back. And, and Ursan Ilyasova is Ursan Ilyasova. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Muscula is out as well. So anyway, um, he's gotten the opportunity as a rookie, which is good. Um, and I think he's been playing well enough so that even uh, – even when uh, the Waskali Babbitt uh, comes back, I think, oh. <laughs> I, I think uh, Collins, I was waiting for that one. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think I actually wrote it down and everything. I think Collins uh, has a chance to stay there. So, I mean, what else do the Hawks really have to do this year other than tank and develop their young guys? So, anyway, Collins is out there in 40% of Yahoo Leagues, 55% on ESPN. Needs to be scooped up everywhere, especially if you need some points, boards steals he's got awesome shooting numbers i mean over his last five games he shot 74 percent from the field and 86 percent from the line i mean who doesn't wow. need that on their squad right yeah yeah uh and in all, all of my leagues that i'm in this year he ain't on the wire anymore what about you sam you do you think john collins is going to be uh, the man down in atlanta at least for uh, the next couple months yeah i love john collins and and I, the only reason why he he even fell as far as he did in the draft is because he's one of the few players who stuck around in college for a couple of years. I mean, he, he was yeah. a gr- very productive player in college. He's up mm-hmm. to a 0.9 nerd in his rookie season, and he's been playing spectacularly since moving into the starting lineup. I see no reason why they send him back to the bench when they're not really going anywhere this year. Get the young guys some minutes and see what they got for the future. Yeah, and I'm the eye test guy. His motor, Collins's motor, is absurd. And uh, for, for a team like Atlanta who needs – all the sparks they can get. Give the kid 35 minutes a night. Um, another player, Russell, that you suggested adding, I added about four weeks ago. That would be Austin Rivers. I'm patting myself on the back for that one. Yeah, I've got him in a league now, too. Listen, he's not the most attractive fantasy asset because of his Lonzo Ball-esque shooting split of uh, 38% <laughs> from the field and 62% from the line, which are numbers, of course, Lonzo Ball wishes he could get to. But, um, oh! <laughs> but um Patrick Beverly's done for the year, of course, unfortunately. Uh, Tia Dosic, uh, Milo's Tia Dosic is out until at least Christmas. So, uh, you know, Austin Rivers is one of the only guards left standing. He's getting over 35 minutes a night, racking up points, triples, assists, and steals. The percentages definitely hurt his overall ranking. It might hurt your team, but he'll be good in counting stats for quite some time. Uh, so he's only owned in 50% of Yahoo leagues and 20% on ESPN. So he, he's a good way to, a good guy to add to get your counting stats a, a boost. So, uh, Sam, is Austin's father, Coach Doc, giving him preferential treatment, or is he a, is he a, is he the real deal? He's definitely getting preferential treatment, but that doesn't mean that there's no one else on the roster. He's always got Doc's always giving him preferential treatment, but that doesn't mean he's not fantasy relevant. <laughs> I mean, Pat Bev's out for the year, and we're going to see this guy's role increase. I mean. Ugh, he's he's like a poor man's courtly Lee for me, but you know. ah! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Sam House, ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Uh, I'm going to give Sam uh, the first crack at this guy because yes. he's from Q's Wesley Johnson. So uh, Wes Johnson, uh, who we used to call the Big Wet, uh, shout out to my boy Prego for coming up with that nickname. I'm I'm trying to spread it around so all you listeners out there hashtag the Big Wet Johnson. Uh, <laughs> oh <my> yes, God. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Don't worry, guys. This is uh, a, 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 a family show, show. I blame it's Courtney Lee. Ruins everything. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, Big Wet, uh, he, he's like probably my third favorite player in the league behind Deion Waiters and, and Chris Dapps. He's been balling for the shorthanded Clippers, and uh, Danilo's probably out for a while. And Wes has actually been a top 10 fantasy performer in Nightcat scoring over the last two weeks. So take that and uh, add him to your team. <laughs> all right, Sam, Sam wins this segment. Russell, what are you going to do to follow that? Well, it's his turn to steal all my points. Anyway, um, just like Austin Rivers, he's kind of next man upping it uh, for the team, yeah. filling in for, as Sam mentioned, the oft-injured Danilo Gallinari. Uh, who, is a strained, who, who I have on my team. Yeah, I have my team too. And uh, uh, suffering from his strained glute as well. Um, but as Sam mentioned, he's been a top 10 player over the last five games, which is kind of nuts to think, Wesley Johnson. But, you know, for that reason, it's kind of nuts that uh, he's only owned in like 10 to 20% of leagues and is on. So he's on a heck heck of a lot of waiver wires despite that production where he's, he's just right now he's getting all kinds of points, triples, rebounds, steals, blocks. Playing nearly 35 minutes a night, shooting over 55% from the field, 80% from the line. I mean, how can you not own this guy right now? Um, He's not – like, listen, he's not going to suddenly become a fantasy stud at age 30, and um, he's only really had one relevant fantasy fantasy season over his seven years prior. But um, a a guy putting up this kind of production right now needs to be owned, at least until uh, Gallinari gets back. So what you're saying is that he's a poor man, Austin. Rivers. <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's way more expensive than Austin Rivers. I mean, come on, guys. Because of the Syracuse factor, of course. Um, so when it I see Russell's first team All Big East, come on. Okay. Before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so when yeah, I see yeah. when I see Russell's uh, dozen dimes article every Monday, and he in effect confirms a transaction that I've that I've done the previous weekend i usually give myself a little pat on the back i'm, I'm patting myself for c- picking up kyle anderson yeah uh Kawhi leonard is still a few weeks away kyle anderson should continue to fill in admirably for him in the starting lineup as he has been doing uh anderson is a top 75 player on the year which is good and he's actually been in top 25 over the last week uh he's a do-it-all guy right now i mean you look at his line it almost looks like a Kawhi leonard line funny enough uh he's contributing points rebounds assists plenty of defensive stats especially high steals uh, good high shooting percentages, uh, but right now he's only owned in 40% of Yahoo leagues, 20% on ESPN, uh, and he should be owned in all of them right up until Kawhi comes back. And he might even, you know, he, he, he looks like he's carving himself out a role. Uh, Greg Popovich said he's going to have to find time for him once Kawhi gets back, so uh, hopefully he can still uh, maintain some value then too. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that he's not going to be a solid contributor off the bench, sixth, seventh man at, at the very least. Um, are you digging on Kyle Anderson, Sam? Yeah, I mean, until Kawhi comes back, and and as I mentioned on uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, on, on when when uh, we were told that he was on his way back soon, I, I was skeptical, and and I still am skeptical about how soon he's going to be back. Tony Parker even said he's two to three weeks out still, and and Do- Doctor Tony Parker, according yeah, to Doctor Popovich, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Tony, you got to listen to Doctor Tony. Uh, but yeah, until <laughs> until Kawhi comes back, keep riding Kyle Anderson. It's a good look. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy I am. Um, Russ, before we get to our lone drop of the week, you've got a couple of short-term hot hands you wanted to uh, throw at us. Yeah, I just want to like quickly breeze through these because I didn't want to spend too long in this segment because within a week they could be like nobodies in fantasy again. But um, I just want to <laughs> mention that uh, Wayne Ellington is having a hot week for Miami. Uh, it's worth a shot if you need the threes especially. He's drained like 20 of them over his last four games. 
Um, Joe Harris is also draining threes, uh, filling in in Brooklyn. They have a lot of injuries they're dealing with with D'Angelo Russell, Alan Crabb, and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. So he's filling in admirably there. Uh, TJ McConnell has picked up some of the slack for uh, Ben Simmons, and who's been uh, nursing some soreness. Um, and he's actually been subtly good all season off the bench for Philly, so he's getting you plenty of assists, steals, and great percentages, so he's worth a look. And uh, John Wall's out over the next two weeks, so uh, Tim Frazier's going to be filling in for him, and he can give you decent assists if that's what you're looking for. So these are guys that are not like long-term. Uh, I don't think these are going to be long-term solutions, but uh, they're good fill-in streamers this week. Yeah, I like Frazier's always been a good rental player. Uh, and you want to drop uh, uh, the poor man's Rajon Rondo, that being Rajon Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, the the opportunity in New Orleans for him is great. Like, would you look at that team and you you look at their big two slash medium three with Anthony Davis, <laughs> uh, Demarcus Cousins, and Drew Holiday? Um, there's literally no one else beyond that except for Rajon Rondo. Um, so I'm well. I, I don't want to say nobody, but like no one that you'd really care about that much. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Rondo really hasn't capitalized on it. I know he's been on a minutes limit. Um, you know, he's only played seven games so far. He had a sports hernia issue. Um, but he's really not giving owners anything outside of assists. He's shooting under 40% from the field. He somehow has not attempted a single free throw yet this year. So that tells me he's not being aggressive. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your point guard who who supposedly attacks the basket hasn't attempted oh a free throw. God. Yeah, not, he, he can't shoot from range, and he's not getting free throws, so he's not driving to the basket. So what exactly is he doing? I don't know. But he's ranked outside the top 200, <laughs> and that doesn't even factor in his free throw percentage, which is usually something that drags that down. So as a 60% yeah, the words right out of my mouth. So <laughs> I don't really see any reason why people keep owning him. I know that what he can do when he's on, but I think the upside now at his age and with what we're seeing is lower than we'd like it to be, and there are just so many good hot hands floating around on – waiver wires with low ownership rates that I can't see why people still own Rondo in like 60% of leagues. Sam, do you have anything good to say about Rondo? Anything? Well, uh, think about that. Uh, if, if this was his line, you'd like it, right? He's averaging 8.5 points, 9.9 assists, and one steal. Uh, except that's his per 36 numbers, and he's playing 22 minutes a game. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not interested in Rondo. He's shooting below 40%. He's a 60% career free throw shooter, and I'm not interested. And shame on you for, if you've owned him yet. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> Sam is going to be at the Giggle Hut in Middleton this weekend, so make sure you <laughs> <laughs> make sure you get your tickets. Uh, we're going to close thing out with Alan's eye test. My look at the NBA week that was utilizing my eyes low on numbers, high on eyeballs. So Russell's fantasy roster wasn't the only one that was in the sick bay last week. Me, me, I lost a bleep ton of points when Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and Ben Simmons lost a bleep ton of court time. And naturally being a fantasy player, when I heard about their respective injuries, my initial thought wasn't, I wonder why KD is out or, man, I hope Simmons gets better soon. No, my initial thought was, this is going to mess me up. You see, fantasy sports players, we are ghouls. Here's a for instance. Before the season started, literally the second, no exaggeration, literally the second, I heard about Chicago's Bobby Portis breaking his teammate Nikola Mirotic's face, an event that we will be discussing here on Points of the Paint for the remainder of the season and possibly on to the next. I went to my Yahoo Fantasy homepage, put Nico on IR, and picked up his eventual and now permanent replacement, Lowry Markinen. Now, on one hand, you have Portis putting Mirotic in the hospital, and on the other hand, you've got me giving myself a high five because I snatched Markinen before the other ghouls in my league could. 
Then there's the Derrick Rose watch. For the last three seasons, fantasy players have kept a Hawkeye on the oft-injured guard, knowing that at some point during any given year, Rose will get a significant ouchie and his backup just might become a worthy fantasy option. The poor kid's livelihood is in question, and my buddies and I are all like, is, we're all like, can Jose Calderon become a thing? No, he can't. Listen, I'm a fan of the game. He was with the Raps. He was with the Raps. <laughs> he was with the Raps. Oh, <laughs> Homer. Uh, listen, I'm a fan of the game, and I'm basically a nice person, so this whole ghoul thing often feels kind of weird. I mean, Mike Conley seems like a super nice guy, and I hope his Achilles heel gets better sooner than later, and he returns to form, and his Grizzlies can stop stinking it up in the post-Fizdale era. But, but. I picked up his backup Mario Chalmers in one of my leagues, and he's putting up decent numbers. And, well, Mr. Conley, if you're listening, if you want to take an extra week or two to rest, all good. Get back on the court as soon as possible, but, you know, take your time. Play, but don't play. Because at the end of the day, it's all about me. And those are your points in the paint for today. But Russ, Sam, and I will be back next week with more ups, more downs, more pluses, more minuses, more nerdiness, more singing, and more eye tests. And if you want to no follow more us on Twitter, more singing. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at Alan Vulture, A L A N G O L D S H E R. Russ is at Rusty Pedal Bike, R U S T Y P E D A L B I K E. And Sam is at Real House, R E A L underscore H A U S S. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to Points on the Pain on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You have no excuse not to listen. And to get a taste of some more number-centric goodies and on Monday's Russell's Dozen Dimes, for each and every sport also, visit numberfire.com. For Russell Pedal and Sam House, I'm Alan Golcher. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week.